2020. We made it. Another decade, another year. You, me, together, here, today. This is New Year's Day in Australia. Mind you, thanks, Pete, Mr. P.M. Scott Morrison, you lazy son of a bitch. Half of our country is on fire. In fact, the whole East Coast has got flames going all over. We have such a big fire that it's bigger than California is in acreage. How is that? One fire! That's how big it is. But because of our lovely, smart, super, how's there it goes, two thumbs up, dipshit of a prime minister, he didn't call out the armed forces to get on it immediately. What he did do is take his lovely family to Hawaii like a scared dog with his tail between his legs and live it up having beer with people in Hawaii, having a good time, and spending money from the Australian taxpayer so we could flip the bill so he could have a good time with his family while two firefighters died. And the only reason the cowardly bastard came back ahead of time is because Australia is pissed, really pissed at him. There is not really an Aussie that could find a good thing to say about what's happened with our PM because another firefighter has lost his life. And all Mr. Morrison can say to the firefighters is thoughts and fucking prayers. We're not fucking America. People are pissed. Even Tex Perkins. Wow. This guy's got balls. Gets up and sings a song. And flips off Scott Morrison at the start of it. He goes, this song's for Scott Morrison. Flips off the PM and starts singing a song. The honeymoon is over. And what's even funnier is Scott Morrison had to hire a group to make him more likable and more empathetic to the general public. And one of his ways of doing it was to list 25 songs that to him were iconic Australian songs. And this song was in that number of 25. Blow me away, Tex Perkins. You're a friggin' hero in my book. Two thumbs up for you. Two thumbs down for Scott Morrison. Now... I don't want to get any more political in it. You understand why I'm pissed off. We shouldn't have lost lives. The military should have been called out. A mass call out for volunteers to fight this huge fire has yet to be done. Volunteers can feed. Volunteers can clothe. Volunteers can make sure that all these wonderful people who are volunteering to fight a fire bigger than the state of California is put out. But let me tell you this. The fires here in Australia are not something to play with. Our trees produce oil, and that oil is flammable. So it gets hot, the tree opens up, the oil starts to pour out. It's flammable. So we're talking like major kick-ass firestorms. But our PM has done nothing but offer thoughts and prayers. What a coward. People ask me why I like Australia so much. 
Aussies won't put up with this shit from their leader. Offer me thoughts and prayers. I'm liable to shove that microphone down your throat and leave it there so you can talk to your own shit. But that's a whole nother issue. Love Australians because of that. So next, I also wanted to do 2020 to be really exciting and a little bit more uplifting. I wanted to walk with you through what it's like being trans in 2020. Wanted to walk with you and give you the opportunity to see what it's like being us. What it's like being a group of society who's trying to exist. But the unfortunate part is, is I've come into 2020 with a bit of news that hit me square in the face with reality once again. And a lot of the times I don't want to bring this out to people because it's such negative news. But it's also part of the cold reality of being trans. Now, many people will know I do not have the greatest relationship with my family. And I can tell you why. First of all, they're not happy that I'm trans. They're not happy that I became honest with everybody that was around me. They're not happy that I am crystal clear about everything that existed and exists in my life and in my family. In fact, they probably call me a few bad names here and there. And I'm okay with that. I'm a big person. I've faced worse monsters than them. Now, they're probably also not happy that I have opened up the can of worms that is called the truth about domestic violence and in my family. And how that violence really did kick my family's ass. A lot of the times I don't tell people the whole truth. Well, not the whole truth, but the whole story behind my family's dance with domestic violence. Because I simply don't want my father to hear it. I loved my father my whole life. I had him on a pedestal. And I still love my father. But this news came as not really in so much as a shock or a surprise, but as more of a lesson of, hey, shit hasn't changed. And we're entering another decade. My dad is getting up in years. This decade, my dad is going to hit 90. Wow, really? 90? Yeah, I'm going to hit 90 this decade. And that kind of blowed me away. Blew me away, not blowed me away. Like, you know, blowed me away. Oh, well, who cares? But the funny thing is, see, there's a bit of reality right there, too. My dad's going to be 90 this decade. It's 2020. So my dad right now is 
I gotta go back. Dad just made 80. Hey, he's 83. 83 or 84 years old right now. He's had a good run so far. Pretty good wicket. For those don't mean, it's up to bat. You know, he's 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 up to bat. He's had a good um, good run so far, and I'm very very happy for him. A lot of the times, my parents grow. My parent, my dad, because not my mom would ever say this. My dad would say. In passing, know all sides to every story before you make a judgment call. Know as much about things as you possibly can before making a judgment call. Well, I'm sorry to say, one of the cold hard realities of being trans is loss of family. You can't stop it. Some people are just going to be assholes. Now, I'll call it out what it is. The pot is black, and I am a kettle. I can be an asshole, too, at times. Before Christmas, I offered an olive branch to my family, my sisters mainly, and said, hey, you know, I'm willing to forgive if we can get past this speed bump. All you have to do is shoot me an email and say... Okay, we'll leave the hatchet in the ground. Sit. All they had to say. Christmas is coming gone. New Year's is coming gone. My hole with the hatchet sitting next to it is ready to be put in there. The hatchet's ready to go in the hole. None of them took it up on that. And that's their choice. They have an opportunity because I've put out the olive branch. And I'm happy to try to move forward. I keep telling my kids that no matter how things get, no matter how dark they should feel about life, they need to be able to turn to their brothers and sisters. They need to be able to look towards them and say, hey, I'm having a fucking shit-ass go. Can you help me? And rely upon their brothers and sisters to assist them in the darker times. Sometimes it's not so easy. One of the other cold hard realities of being trans and losing that family is misunderstanding from family who have done no research to figure out why you are the way you are, or want to believe the reason you are is out of your control. Now, we try, we, I try to educate people. I open the door, I talk about what it's like being us, I give links to the WPATH guidelines, which all you have to do is just Google WPATH dot O-R-G or just put that into your browser bar. That will give you all the guidelines of what has to go medically for a transition. As well as a whole bunch of other really cool links. 
There is a wonderful organization in the United States called the Southern Poverty Law Center. Listen to what their title of their group is. Southern Poverty Law Center. This is not a bunch of rich assholes who have power. This is a small group of very vocal individuals who are doing something extremely amazing with their company, with their organization. They are doing the research that so many people are unwilling to do, and they're speaking out about it and what they're trying to open up and bring into the light, dragging, kicking, and screaming is hate groups throughout the United States and the world. This organization is so good at finding the information that it really pisses off the hate groups. So the hate groups are hating the people that are finding out that they're hating. That is an amazing thing. So look it up. The Southern Poverty Law Center. The reason why I'm telling you to do this right here, right now, on my channel is simply because if you think the information you're getting about being trans is truthful, look at the source, go to the Southern Poverty Law Center, and check them out. Make sure that the source is not listed as a hate group through the Southern Poverty Law Center. If you have questions you can email the Southern Poverty Law Center. You can Google this, the Southern Poverty Law Center, by the way. I'm not, they have a really, I think they use the, so T S P L C dot O R G. I'm pretty sure that's their, their uh, website. Um, I said it slow enough so you can go back and try and do it, but it's the first letter of everything to the Southern Poverty Law Center. But go check them, see them, send them an email, like I said, of the group that you're concerned about and say, is this group a hate group? They will give you information to help you figure that out. Now, this is, this is not just a group that's helping trans people. This is not just a group that's helping LGBT people. This is a group that's taking the time to look at every single other group out there and say, that group's fucked up. That group's okay. That group's a bunch of assholes. That group's a bunch of lovely people. And believe it or not, they would even tell you about free mom hugs. Thank you, ladies, for being the mothers that so many of us never had. Thank you for being there and providing so many wonderful hugs. Because let me tell you something, and I've seen it happen. The hug that a person gets unlocks pain that was hidden. Hugs are super powerful. And these women and men of the free mum hugs have been going out and giving of their time and hugging others. 
mainly in the LGBT community. But if you needed a free mom hug, these people would be there for you even if you weren't LGBT. What a heart of gold. But the Southern Poverty Law Center would tell you they've got a heart of gold if you questioned. That's how good the Southern Poverty Law Center is. There's some tough cookies. Now, like I said, if you had questions about the information that you're looking at, dig. Dig deep. Because, like I said, sometimes when you dig a hole looking for information, you're going to be shocked about the monster you dug up. I've said this several times before. I have a book because I'm an author. Surprise! I have a book that's 100% finished. It's on my computer. It's ready to go to the publisher. I've, ha I've paid for it to be checked. I've paid for it to be verified. I've paid for it to be copyright checked. I've paid for editors. I've done the whole thing. This book is ready to go. It's nonfiction, but it's about my family as the Robins side of the family. Because my grandfather's side of the family, which is my mom's side of the family, is gone. There's no information, no stories. Because my mother never took the time to be a decent human being and never took the time to really allow us to understand the story of the Nichols family. Now, and that's really sad. I have a little bit of information on my grandfather and he was an amazing human being and I cannot say enough about him. And I have a little bit of information firsthand about my grandmother. My grandmother, in some aspects, was an amazing human being, but taught some really bad, evil habits to my mother. And my mother learned them well enough to even improve on some of them. And that's a reason some of my family don't talk to me, because I know the truth about both sides of the family. One of the last tragic, horrific, and sad, and gut-wrenching things that happened at the end of 2019 is I lost one of my aunts. You can hear it in my voice. I was only really able to meet this aunt once in my entire life. I was in my early 30s. So 30 years I never met this woman before. And I was given the opportunity not only to meet her, but to meet her magical husband. My Aunt Barbara, in my dad's story, is... A true, true hero. So much of a hero that my father doesn't even know how much of a hero she truly is. He doesn't know what she gave up 
at a young age for him and his brother. I can't put this out there because my dad thinks the sun shines out my grandfather's ass. His father. Not my mom's father. I don't want to hurt my dad. I love my dad very much. I care about him and I want the very best for him. Now, like I started this off, I said that there's a lot of things that as a trans person we give up, we lose, we have run away from us. And that's family. My aunt passed away and one of my other aunts told me. Not my dad. I said my dad was my hero and... I advise people that when you start writing and you start looking at nonfiction, be careful how far and how deep you're willing to dig. Because the Balrog, the demon, the monster that might be at the bottom of your hole might be so great as to not be able to be put back. You may never be able to fill it back in. I, I am... Before, we, before I expose how big this monster is, before I talk about it a little bit, let me give you some more context. I have a rule in my house, because this rule came from my father. Before you make a judgment call on anything, you must know all sides to a story. You must know anything you possibly can before you make a judgment call. Before you act, you must make sure that what you're acting upon, you are not creating something out of nothing. And these are very big rules in my house. My daughter, who has had struggle after struggle with depression and is now working hard every day to find the positive in life, still struggles a bit with depression. And she faces some really big, steep hills sometimes. I can't tell you what they are, but they come in all of a sudden for no reason. And my daughter comes home to me and tells me what these monsters are because I listen and I give sound and good heartfelt advice that she can work with and that she can deal with and that she can understand. And this was because when my daughter was suicidal, I was the only parent that ended up going to the therapist with her. I was the only parent willing to talk to the therapist. I was the only parent willing to listen to my daughter and the therapist together. Not that the other parent wasn't invited. 
but I was the only one who listened. I learned techniques in working with my daughter in the hardest of her times, the most darkest of her soul. So when she comes to me and says, hey, this, 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 I know strategies to keep the monster of suicide in the hole. And we have wonderful conversations and we have blunt conversations about that monster. And she knows that I love her and I am her rock. Now, we have this open conversation, this open communication, so open that there is nothing ever hidden in our home. My computer has a password for anybody outside the home, but my kids know what my password is. My phone has a password, not for people inside the home, but for people outside the home. Should they find my password, they'll have no clue how to get into it, but my kids do. My kids do. Anything that's on my Facebook, anything that's on my phone, anything that is anywhere that I own, my kids have full access to. Surprisingly enough, even the nasty texts I receive. You can put that monster in your box and figure out what I'm talking about. Should they want to know what the truth is, the availability to look at my phone is always there. I don't hide it. I don't forbid them. It is our home phone. They use it if they want to talk to a friend. They use it if they want to talk to their mom at any time because I'm not a monster. I don't hide things. I don't do things to hurt the other party. I refuse to be like that. And I don't do things to hurt my children. But we have a flip side to that coin. So flip it in the air, turn it over, heads to tails. All right? What's good for the head of the family has to be good for the tail of the family. So my kids also have the same policy. Anything that's electronic, I have the right to look at at any time to make sure that they're doing okay. When they turn 18, this rule goes away, unless they are wanting to have it still. But while they're under my roof and they're youth and not adults, this rule exists. Why? Well, you can't battle monsters you can't see. You can't help a child deal with a school bully on Facebook if you don't know they exist. This is a very difficult thing. A lot of our families and a lot of parents don't really grasp how to combat bullies. You need to be there with your kids. You need to be that rock that they can build their future upon. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about a hole I dug and what I found at the bottom. We're going to talk about how what I just said, the open communication, the open information rule in our home, Helped find this monster. Then we're going to go into looking about how we can move forward knowing that this is just a cold hard fact.
So go get a drink. And by the way, if you need help, I will put some help numbers in the description today so that you can talk to the right people who can help you. If you're experiencing anything like this right now and you don't have the skills to get around it. And if you're one of my listeners who's not from the LGBT community, I'll give you some links too. Because this still can exist in your life and in your family. You don't just have to be LGBT. But it exists probably somewhere around the upper 75% for every trans person and every LGBT person at some point. So go get a drink. Come on back. We'll finish this conversation. Time for a break! One of the things I'm trying to do with this 2020 is to bring you more information, more what it's like being trans, the more of the reality of being trans. And sometimes it's very difficult to do that. It's very hard to actually sit down, think over what needs to be said and how it should be said. And the courage to sit behind a microphone and bring it to you. Unfiltered and basically honest. It's hard to do it. But I do it willingly. I do it because I love my community. I do it because I want to make sure that children that are younger than me don't have to face some of the monstrous hurdles that I've faced throughout my life. And being trans. Sorry. It's difficult to do this. It's time-consuming. And I could really use your help. I have a Patreon site set up. It's www.patreon.com forward slash bean underscore trans. The underscore is a little itty-bitty line. You have to hold the shift key and it's a minus and it goes underscore. So, in case you didn't know how to do that. Low is $3 a month. That's a cup of coffee. You could shout me a cup of coffee. That'll help me keep going. Help me uh, create wonderful content and honest content about being trans. Because I'm not your typical trans person. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you how to find your way to find the truth. I'm going to give you links. I'm going to give you cold, hard facts. And some of them, even for me, are still very difficult to swallow. But the reality is, being trans is not easy. So if you could take the time, go to www.patreon.com forward slash being underscore trans. I could use your help for $3 a month. Plus, there's a couple of really cool things in there. One of my books has got a few chapters. I'm going back through it again. So what you get to read is a draft. And you'll get to read it before anybody else. There's only a few chapters up right now. 
because I'd like to get some people in. But more people that come in, more people that start to join, I'll share more of the book. And you'll get to read it before it even goes out the, the door. And you'll get to see the workings behind creating a book. And maybe I'll even put a special episode just for people who hop onto Patreon on how I write my books. Once again, www.patreon.com forward slash being underscore trans. Thank you very much. Now back to our regular scheduled program. <laughs> Welcome back. And now for the second half. As I was talking about, I really wanted to tell you a bit about the hole I dug. Now, like I said, I check my kids' phones. I check my kids' tablets. I check their social media every so often to make sure that they're doing okay. Because I don't want to be woken up by a surprise that I have to dig so fast to get out of with that child. And I don't want to have to throw a ladder down or a firefighter or whatever to rescue my kid. Better to be prepared and then deal with it as it comes. Give my kids heads up. So I've got one that I've got to talk about with my son when he comes back. And that is not this subject. That's a totally different subject. But... He's got some issues that he needs to work on himself. And we'll have a conversation about it. But that's between him and I on that one. This one really was a surprise. My ex sent my son a message saying, Where are you? Your grandfather from the United States is calling this, calling today. And so you can talk to him. Now. Remember what I said. Be careful how far you dig. You may unearth a monster. You might think this is not that big of a deal. Unless you knew the full context of my separation with my ex-partner. My parents are Mormons. My sisters are Mormons. A lot of my children are Mormons. I and my uh, let's see, my one, two, three, four, five children are not Mormons. There's a lot to be said about my family's relationship with the LDS church. It is a, a church of convenience. A church of... We will do what we will do with the LDS church as long as it's not too much and no one calls us out on our shit. My mom was notoriously bad at creating storms that she would later make others look like they created. If you look up the word narcissist, 
and look up narcissistic personality disorder, there are some strong links to what my mom used to do. But one of the things my mom didn't do was create a look at me, I've done nothing wrong. Or did she? My mom's worst habit was to tell people what they were doing to her and never accept her actions of what she would do to them. And I grew up to look at that as a healthy example of a human being. Even though I knew deep down inside my body is screaming, this is so fucking wrong. I even got married to it. And I even look through a, a, a window now and I see how unhealthy and how destructive that type of personality can be. Because my family, like I said earlier, my dad's rule is never make a judgment call without knowing all the information that you can learn. My dad doesn't talk to me. I've told you the reasons why. Because I'm honest. And I'm honest to a point that people don't like it. Extremely, my family doesn't like my honesty. But one of the things that the LDS Church prides itself upon is being honest. Yeah, we're going to go into that another hole some other time. Um, because... A lot of the members from the top to the bottom are not honest. They don't even know the full concept of honesty as it stands. You cannot be a half-honest person. One of the things I love about Australians is their willingness to be honest to your face. If they don't like you, they'll tell you they don't like you. They won't do it and, you know, they'll be like, hey, mate, I don't like you. But they won't do it in such a way like, hello, hi. And as you walk by, what a bitch. No, they don't do that. They'll tell you straight to your face, I don't like you, Mr. PM. Scott Morrison. Just like Tex Perkins, like I said at the beginning of this episode, was so strong in standing up there, flipping off the PM, and singing his one of his favorite songs directly to him. That's the true Aussie, and that is so amazing to see. But a lot of people aren't willing to look that way, and a lot of people in my parents' religion don't do that. They're not willing to come right out and be 100% honest. In fact, I don't even know if they know how to. And that, in itself, is shocking. There is a word for it, but you'll have to figure out what that is. But it starts with an H. Now, in looking at my son's social media to see how things were going for him, I stumbled across that message that my ex sent to him saying, Hey! When are you getting home? Your grandfather's trying to contact. Now, 
What happened with that? I don't care. But my God, grand, my father never took takes the time to call my kids at my house. He doesn't have to talk to me, but he he can talk to the kids. It'll be like, hey, can I talk to kids? Hey, kids, phone. That's how easy it is. But because I'm persona non grata to such an extreme level that even my olive branches slapped out of my hands or burned or ignored, that's the monster I'm dealing with. How do I deal with this? Well, in the past, I've told my kids that unless your aunt calls my house here, you're not to talk to her on the phone. That's a big step for kids. That really is something I probably shouldn't have asked them to do. But what it is, is also enforcing a level of, hey, you're my dad's sister. You're not supposed to be talking to my mom behind my dad's back about things that are about our family. If you want to know what our family knows, then you need to contact my dad. If you want to talk to us, call my dad and he'll hand you the phone, hand the phone to me to talk to you. But my kids can't do that. And that they try, they say they're going to do it, but they can't. And that's all right. But I think that Garbo's getting to the point now where at four facing down the barrel of being 14, he's sick of the bullshit. He's sick of the lies, just like I got. I got really sick of the lies that existed. And the world's um, varnish has been stripped away. And they've been stripped away so many times that he is struggling right now with a decision. And I'm not going to push him because I won't push him to make a decision. What I will do is continue to be who I've always been and that's 100% honest, 100% the rock for my children. And should he make a decision that he's been struggling with? Or should he just stay with what he's doing as his decision? Then I'll support him in either side of that decision. Because that's what a good parent does. I was really shocked that my father refuses to talk to me, refuses to pay attention to the fact that what he's doing is really kind of dirty, is really kind of shitty. And the same thing goes for my sisters. What they're doing is shitty. I wouldn't do it to them. I didn't immediately run to my sister's ex and say, hey, Terry, how you doing, mate? Let's go out for a beer. Hey, Terry, what's going on with you and my sister? No. When Terry and my sister broke up, we stayed the fuck away from Terry. He was not our issue. He was not our blood. But the monster I've dug up really didn't have to be dug up. It crawled out of the ground. And that was that I don't matter as much as my sister. I don't deserve the same liberty, the same rights as my sister. In fact, my family wholeheartedly embraces my ex while stiffing me. 
Why is that? Well, telling people the truth about the dark secrets of your family is really not a good thing in my family's view. Um, heaven forbid I ever release this book before my father passes away. If I get enough pissed off, I might just do it one of these days, but I doubt I will. Because I have an image of my father in my mind that I want to honor. And I made a decision a long time ago when I found out all these monsters that it needs to stay where it's at. Granted, when my father passes away, because I'm a realist, he's going to pass away someday. I don't believe in a little guy coming down from the last minute and saving the world. We're a bunch of dickheads are doing it to ourselves. No one's come down before. No one's going to come down in the future. I believe there is a God, but he's bound by certain rules that are the rules of creation. We must be created and left to our own devices. No one's going to bail us out. There isn't going to be any special little white man that comes down from the clouds with a whole bunch of other little white people and go, Oh, you're all healed. And I do, and I do mean by the word white. Because if you look at the LDS church and all their media is always the hosts of heaven are white. 90% of their leadership is white. You may find that there might be certain countries where the church is in that will have ethnicity, but the majority of it is still white. So, look at what you're believing in as well. I'll tell you that right now. You know, and when my father passes away, I will still grieve. I will still have a moment of time where I will not put out the book. It's not going to be like he passes away. Ha! I get to release my book. It's going to be a bit of time before I'm ready to release it. I also have to wait till another promise is allowed to be let go. I love my aunts. All of them. I have a newfound respect and love for each and every one of them. And I found this out because I was never allowed to talk to my aunts growing up. It was never part of our family. I even had an aunt when I was 30 show up at our home in Washington State and stiff arm me. She was a funny one. But. In saying that, that was her choice. But I've not received that from any of my other aunts. They're absolutely lovely people. But that aunt had a hard road, and it stemmed from a monster that was in my family's closet, that even my father to the day he will die will not acknowledge the monster. So it will stay in his closet, it will eat him up, and he will never know the truth about the monster that's in the closet.
And they talk about the LGBT um, people being in the closet. We should actually look at how many non-LGBT people are locked in a closet with a monster. And they don't know how to get out, even though the handle is unlocked. Yeah. There's some interesting issues with my family. Am I upset that my dad refuses to actually acknowledge the fact that he could call my house? He could actually listen to my podcast, read what's going on, even ask me, hey, what about X, Y, Z? And I will tell him the truth. The honest truth, the full truth, the truth that can be backed up by evidence. This is the one thing the narcissists of any issue cannot do. I've got a filing cabinet full of fucking evidence on a lot of different subjects. I've got a computer with a lot of freaking evidence on a lot of subjects. And it's all easily found out about. But instead of taking the time and talking to me, they don't. And this is the reality of being trans. I'm not anything new. This experience is nothing new to the transgender community and some of the LGBT community as well. The reason I'm talking about the trans community more than the LGBT community is because I am first trans, LGBT second. I have a physical health issue that makes me transgender. I have a issue that I also battle, which is mental health. But why is my mental health issue a problem? Well, because society created that problem, and society is unwilling to address the problem. And that causes mental health issues. If society would address their own shortcomings, if society would address their problems, then that mental health issue wouldn't exist for any any trans community. I say it over and over again. If a person has a question about being trans, please, please, please take the time and ask me. Do not approach a trans youth. Do not approach them. Please let them be just who they are. Let them have the time to grow and expand and understand everything that is about being trans at their own pace. Don't beat them up. Don't shoot them up. Don't kill them. Don't slice them. Don't belittle them. Welcome to 2020. The age where one country claims to be one of the best places on earth, but still people are dying and all that can be said is thoughts and prayers. Fuck you if you want to use thoughts and prayers around me. I'll beat you senseless with those two phrases, with that one phrase, sorry, and those two words. Because I'll tell you straight off the bat, ain't nobody who done anything good 
with the words, thoughts, and prayers. Action above words. Give me substance. Give me something tangible. Give me something real. We fucking deserve it. Even the trans youth deserve it. So don't offer us thoughts and prayers. In fact, if you're upset about trans people being murdered, get off your lazy ass and do something about it. Make sure the bastards that are doing it are held accountable. Make sure the police, when they beat up a trans person, are held accountable. Yeah, there's good police out there, but it's the bad ones that are causing some serious problems, and they're not being held accountable. And that is sad. And if you're sitting on a grand jury and a cop is in that room before you and you have to make a judgment call whether he stands trial for his actions, put yourself in the victim's shoes. What if that cop did it to you? Hold them accountable. The PM of Australia, we need to hold him accountable for running to Hawaii as our country burned. I need to hold my dad accountable for doing shit that he knows he shouldn't be doing. It isn't a matter of forgiveness. It's a matter of holding somebody accountable for their actions. Once you hold them accountable for their actions, if they change their actions, you must forgive. You must be able to move on. You must be able to put out the olive branch and dig the hole to put the hatchet in without the handle sticking out. I've offered it to my sisters. They haven't taken it this year. We'll offer it again at the end of 2020. But each day, each year, each second, or should we say each second, each minute, each hour, each day, each month, year that go by, the closer we are to death's door. The closer that we will not be able to forgive each other face to face. Because if you waste this time and the two of us find out that heaven isn't exactly what you thought or isn't exactly what I thought or the afterlife, or whatever you call beyond this existence right here, and we meet each other, and you wasted 20, 30, how many years you wasted and not talked it out, and not taken the time to just simply say, hey, I'm sorry. What I did was wrong. Or simply said, hey, how are you doing? I'm going to walk away from you because I've got no time for you. And that goes for my father as well. You were my hero. I admired you from afar more than you could ever imagine. I respected you from afar as my hero. You even came and rescued me at times, cementing your place on a shelf. But now that place has become so dusty that I don't even want to go near it.
And that is a shame. And if we end up, before you pass away, or I pass away, without talking it out, looking at it, and moving past it, I'm not going to worry about it in the next existence. Even if you walk up to me and say, hey, I was a fucking asshole back then. I go, well, you kind of wasted that time. And you hurt a lot of people. And one of them was me. And the other three were my children that were remaining at home. You never took the time. And I'll walk away from you. And you will be lost. Because I'll tell you one thing. And a lot of people that are religious say, you're going to hell. Or you're an evil person. Or you're sick. Or you're whatever. You know what? I've met a lot of trans and LGBT people community. People in the community. <laughs> and um, I've met a lot of them. And I have a lot of found respect for them. They have accomplished so much at so much adversity. And so much toil. And so much bare knuckled grabbing for every inch that they have. That I would rather be in hell with them than your heaven with you. I'd rather be kicking it with some people that know how to be honest and kind and gentle and beautiful than with you. Look at the heaven that you're wanting and look around the people that you exist with. If that's where you want to be, be there. I honestly don't think that heaven is a physical place just the same as hell. Because they're both right here. Right now. However you make that choice. However you look at whom you associate with creates angels or demons. My monsters are not in my closet. I know them well. I see them as they pass me by. I see them in my family tree. I also know the angels that I pass by. They give hugs like the free mum hugs. I also know the angels that I see. Those in the LGBT community, there's a lot of us. We lift each other up. We support each other. I also look at those who are supporters of the LGBT community who not only give hugs but give time that are like a friend of mine who is one of my most interesting friends in this world and her name is Vic and if you're in Launceston so I'm going to plug her here because I really do really do appreciate her and like I said, you could be here right now, $3 a month on patreon.com forward slash being underscore trans. You could be getting this kind of treatment too. And you could have exclusive access and we could have a talk and we could get to know each other. And you could ask anything at any time.
But like I said, Vic owns Attitude Counseling here in Launceston, Tasmania. An absolutely wonderful human being. And I mean this down to the core. She has been part of the LGBT community here in Launceston, Tasmania for as long as I can remember. Even before I met her, she was there. She also is an amazing woman away from the LGBT community. And should you need someone to talk things over with, I highly encourage you to take the time and talk it out with Vic at Attitude Counseling. So here's her phone number if you're here in Tassie. 499 Give her a call. Seriously, if you need someone to talk to, give her a call, get an appointment, get in and chat it out. You don't have to be LGBT. You don't have to be a female. You just have to be a human that needs some help. Because I'll be buggered if she's not one of the best people I've ever met. And if I'm going to hell, I sure in the help that this lovely person is right beside me going with me. Because I'd rather receive a hug from her like I do every time we see each other, and a seat at her table, then sit down with a bunch of bigoted assholes who attack me all the time and tell me I'm not good enough. Or tell me I'm wrong. Or tell me I'm a horrible individual. You tell me. Who's your angels? Who's your demons? Be careful of the holes you dig. You may not like the monster you find. Because you once it's out, you can't put them back in. I opened a lot of holes over the years, and I can't put my monsters back in, but I know them. And if you want to be an angel, it's not that hard to walk the path to redemption. Jody, Wendy, all you have to do is get in contact. Dad, I don't know what to do about you, but the offer is there. Stop talking to my ex. Start talking to me. Go through me to talk to my kids. They're my kids. They may be my ex's kids as well, but I'm blood. And blood should be thicker than water. But lately, there's no honor in what I see is going on with my family. None. You do yourself a disservice to everything. That Whoops. <laughs> Ran out of time on that. Um, you do yourself a disservice to everything you ever said, everything that you ever taught me. And that's a really horrible thing. As kids, we grow up looking at our parents and listening to our parents to become better adults. If you were a kid and your parents said, hey, don't beat up on that person, that's not right. Don't be a bully. But then your parent goes and gets arrested for assaulting someone. Do you really think that they are worth listening to? What if your parent says, hey, don't be a bully, then smacks you? around a bit kind of an ox 
not an oxymoron, but very hypocritical and very shameful. And that doesn't change with anybody. Don't call yourself a good person if you can't be a good person. Don't try and disguise your actions as righteous and noble when they're so far from being it. This is kind of the cold, hard realities of being trans, and a lot of people don't take the time to acknowledge, let alone look at. We think that what we see is just a bunch of people whinging, when they're not really whinging. They just want to exist, and they want people to treat them fairly. When I stood on the other side of the fence and was hiding the fact and the truth about being trans and not really wanting people to know the truth, I sat there and made those very same excuses that I hear right now all the time. I made those very same choices to belittle and attack people because it was what I saw. I never once thought that I would actually step out of the closet and sit on this side. We see it all the time now. You know, ex-gay preacher comes out of the closet to say he's gay, or ex-preacher comes out of the closet and says he's gay. Or we have conversion therapist comes out of the, the um, closet and says, hey, sorry, I'm still fucking gay. Um, and when we come to that issue, we're not prepared for the reality of that. And we chastise that person who said, oops, I done did fucked up. Well, to be honest, I was there before he was. Oops, I done did fucked up. I was as bad as my parent is right now towards someone else. There was a friend that I had. Well, I'm actually just... Yeah, I had a friend. And <laughs> Robert was gay as they came. He really was. I really don't have gaydar, but it, but I knew he was gay. I mean, because he told me. Um, <laughs> and I wasn't angry about him being gay because that's not the type of person I am. I didn't understand it. And I didn't chastise him. In fact, I just wanted to be friends with him. But Robert didn't want to be friends with me because I was straight as straight could be. But Robert didn't know the truth either. I was really good at hiding it. I've had lots and lots of friends that um, are out there. And they are fantastic human beings who are... LGBT, who have met through the years. Never once did I attack any of them because I'm just not that way. I'm not built that way. But I also didn't support them either. When they needed friends and they needed help, I wasn't there. And that's pretty shitty. Like I said, people that are my supporters can message me anytime. 
and get in touch with me anytime. And I just had someone do it. So I had to tell him, whoops, I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of the podcast right now. Give me a minute. So, and I'm doing it without my glasses. So I just realized as I squint how bad I typed. Um, (laughs) Now, what I was saying is, It's a shock when you look at this type of thing and you look at this cold, hard reality that we of the LGBT and trans communities face. It's shocking. It tears the tarnish off. Well, no, not the tarnish. It tarnishes the the beautiful silverware that we had hoped our icons were. I really did put my dad on a pedestal. I really have an absolute amount of respect for the man that is in my thoughts, my dreams, my hopes. But I dug a hole and I found some information. And I still put that man up on the pedestal and respected that place of that man. But instead, that man turned into a monster, jumped off the pedestal, beat me up, then went back and sat on the pedestal to tell me he's better than he is. A lot of people in my community suffer this. And it's very shameful. It's very sad. Tarnishes everything that I thought about that beautiful silver statue that is my father. And now, like I said, it's got so much dust, I don't even want to look at it. I don't even want to vacuum it off. I don't even want to take time to give a flying fuck about it. Because it wasn't true. Have he take the time to come to me and say, okay, we need to clear the air. We need to find out the truth. And I need to listen to your story and make a judgment call. And then make an honest-to-God judgment call based off of the facts. Officer Billy. Sergeant Billy. If you actually did what you once said you would do to everybody and give them the fair go. To know both sides of every story before making a judgment call. You'd be welcome with open arms. Should you decide to actually treat family as family again? You'd be welcome with open arms. And should you ask for my book first before I release it and not try to tell me to change it? Because I won't do that, Sergeant Billy, because it wouldn't be truthful. Notice I said Sergeant Billy because that person that's on that pedestal used to be a police officer and a damn good one. But the truth doesn't matter anymore, does it, Sergeant Billy? Only your perceived truth. And that is sad. And that is a loss that you're never going to get back. And people that are listening, if you're trying to figure out why it's so hard being trans and why we deal with so much pressure and the mental health issues, people say we're mentally ill. We're not mentally ill. We're just sick of the shit that we keep getting dumped on us. 
It's so difficult to lose family. And the only reason we lost family is because we became honest. Not only with whom we are, who we are, but with whom they are. I'm glad I don't live anywhere near my family. Because that would be... That'd be gut-wrenching. I opened my home this Christmas to people who have suffered, who have lost. I even opened my home this Christmas, as I do every Christmas, to anyone who can't go home, who have lost their family because of the very same reasons I suffer. I don't judge them. I just want them to walk through the door, have a good time, and ignore the pains and the problems that exist with being LGBT and family. I want them to feel loved, cared, and compassion to be shown towards them by all the people in my home. Why do I do this? Because I don't ask for anything to do. Because I plan to lift where I stand and try to better the world that is around me. And I put this out there every year, the same challenge. Can you say the same? Are you willing to do exactly what I have done? Seems crazy. You think about it. I offered 15 people to come to my home. I have so much leftovers that I actually had to throw away a path because it got bad. Oh, really bad. And I can't eat pav. It doesn't settle well with my stomach. But in saying that, it's kind of sad that it went bye-bye. But that's life. I try. And I bring people into my home to have a good time. To have compassion for someone that has lost the compassion of others. I offer my challenge again for next year. Please, please, please do something so much more honorable, so much more meaningful. Put that hatchet in the hole. Fill the dirt over the top of it, Jody and Wendy and Dad. And make 2020 a decade that is new, refreshing, and leave the past behind. I've offered the olive branch. All you have to do is take it. Dad, all you have to do is actually just get in contact with me and be willing to dust off your own statue for once. Because don't let it sit there for too long. You're 83, 84. How much time are you going to waste? Like I said, if we get where we're going and you've wasted time, I won't have time for you. I'll be hanging out with some friends. Friends that I've lost along the way. And I'll be hanging out with people that come up every second that I've made that are true 
blue, and kind as you can get. Because I know what my heaven looks like already. Oh, one more name I'm going to drop, and he'll know who he is. I found, I, I, I met Fairy. Um, and I'm also going to do this in some of these as well. I'm going to introduce you to people. I'm not going to give you all the information on them. This is going to be your opportunity to look at people around you. I met Fairy here a few months ago, about three to be exact. Um, and I thought, wow, this person's really super nice. And Fairy is just such a lovely human being. I don't know Fairy's whole story, but it is wonderful to get to know this person. Wonderful to listen to them talk. And every time we see each other, this person's always saying, Hey, Allie, how you doing? Good to have you. And I get to say back to Fairy, Hey, Fairy, how you doing? Good to see you. And we've had some amazing con conversations, and it's beautiful. So let's end on a high note here. Thank you, Fairy. Thank you for being you. You're an amazing person. And thank you for being so honest, so kind, and so loving. And thank you for coming into my world, my existence, and for being such a shining example of a good human being. We'll catch everybody later. Take the best of what life has to offer you. Polish it. Wear it. Support it. If there's somebody out there who is LGBT who needs support, don't make the same mistake I did. You don't have to be of our community to give a hug. You don't have to be of our community to give a damn. You just have to be a good human being. 2020 is a new decade. It's your turn, your time, your place to do what you can do to lift people where they stand. So here's my challenge for 2020 and this decade. Do more than I did in the past five years. You have 10 years to do it in. Do more than I did in the last five years. And I've done a lot. And I have enjoyed so much of it. In fact, I enjoyed every moment, every week we delivered bread. It was so uplifting. I enjoyed opening my home on Christmas because it was so uplifting. I enjoyed meeting so many people in the LGBT because it's been so uplifting. I have spoken to doctors and nurses around the world trying to build this podcast, trying to improve things that I say, trying to understand what it's like to be me. And it has been so uplifting. I've also met some monsters, but I know who you are. And I can walk away from you. So, welcome to 2020. Thanks for listening today. Take great care of yourself. Down in the bottom is the link to my Patreon. Please, I could certainly use your support. Please take the time. And if you need help, 
Call Vic if you're in Launceston, Tasmania, or the north of Tasmania at 0499-184-088 should you need some help. Because each and every one of you is important. Each and every one of you matter. And I want to make sure that you have the best life that you deserve. And that goes for anybody that's cisgendered as well. Till we talk again. Adios. Goodbye. Farewell. Auf Wiedersehen. Adieu. And have a great day. Hey, thank you for taking the time and coming to listen to Being Brands. It matters. You matter. Please join us next time when we're going to be doing a Q&A session. More questions coming in and more time taking and answering them. I hope that you'll be able to find some interesting information that you can use to not only fully understand what being transgender is about, but maybe combat some of the monsters that is misinformation. We'll talk to you next time, and once again, thank you. <laughs>